You know, I hope that you feel encouraged today as a believer. If you're in the house and you already know Jesus, this should encourage you and it should fill your heart. My heart is so full, it's bursting right now, just seeing what God is doing in the lives of people. And if you're here today and you haven't yet taken that step to trust Christ, my, I just felt a stirring when I was sitting up front here. I'm like, you know, I just want to say one, I mean, I have a lot to say to you, but I want to say one thing right away. Just taste and see that the Lord is good. If you would just taste and see that the Lord is good, you would never look back. Once you, once you experience Christ and his love and his forgiveness, your life would be forever radically changed by who he is and by what he wants to do in your life. So, man, I'm, I'm so excited. If you're ever wondering why do we exist, you just saw it. That is our reason for being, to help introduce people to Jesus, that people would have an encounter with the living God through his son, Jesus Christ, that their lives and their eternities would be forever changed. And so, man, I'm, I'm so excited to be here. I have, a, I have a brief word to share with you today. Um, I was, you know, really conflicted about what to say today and what word I wanted to bring. You know, we've been, we just started a series on the life of Joseph last week, but we want to put that on hold today because this, we just want to be in this moment, right? Like, this is an incredible moment as a church company. I know all of you love this when I talk with you in the hallways in the church. You just love Baptism Sunday because of hearing what God has done in someone's life. It is incredible. So I'm not going to talk about Joseph, but God did give me a word. I want to share that with you in just a second. But I want to make a couple comments about water baptism before I open God's word. If you have a Bible, you can turn to Luke 22 a while. I'll be in Luke today uh, for a brief word. But let me comment on water baptism just to make sure that we are all on the same page uh, in this room. Uh, the water in that tank over there never has and never will wash away someone's sins. Never. There's not a single drop of water in that tank that has the power to transform someone's life. In fact, that water in that tank will sooner transform you into a fish than it will make you a Christian. You will sooner become transformed into a different creature than you will become a new creation by going to that tank. In fact, being submerged in water has never qualified someone for heaven. Never has anyone been qualified to enter heaven because they were dunked into a tank. So you might say, well, what does qualify someone for heaven? I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you're preaching down here, Vince. Um, so we heard a song earlier that says, there's a new name written down in glory. And the question I want to answer today is, how does one have their name written in heaven? The Bible talks about books in heaven. And in Revelation chapter 20, it says the books were opened. One of them is called the book of life. And in it are names. And all whose names are not found in the book of life are sent away from the presence of God forever and ever and ever. And all those whose names are found in the book of life are welcomed home into the presence of God forever and ever and ever. So the question would be probably the most, the question of most consequence of all time is how does one have their name written in heaven? It's certainly not through the waters of baptism. What is it? I wanna, I wanna answer that question in a story that many of you will be familiar with. Even if you're not a church person, you will be acquainted with some of the, the aspects of this story. It's found in Luke chapter 22. And in, in, it's kind of in the spirit of Easter. In four weeks, we'll be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. But this story, the scene is set on a hill called Golgotha. And there are three men hanging on a cross, on three different crosses. 
And the story I want to read to you very briefly today in Luke 22 is a story of two criminals who are hung on their own cro- on crosses next to a man in the middle. Okay, and there's, there's a conversation that happens between these two criminals. There's a, there's a man in the middle, his name is Jesus. You, I'm not, that's no, there's no spoiler alert there, you know who he is. But there's two men on crosses, both criminals, both sentenced to death, both of them getting what their deeds deserve. And this story presents for us a contrast. If you're a literature person, there's a juxtaposition here of one who's on one side of Jesus who's unrepentant still, and on the other side of the Son of God hangs a man who recognizes his own brokenness, his own fallenness, and his own need for the man in the middle. And we're gonna encounter these two men today, and each of them has a different response to the man on the middle cross. This is how Luke, Luke gives us this story. And interesting to note, this is one of Jesus' last conversations on planet Earth. The Gospels record that Jesus said seven different things from his own cross as he hung on that cross on Good Friday almost 2,000 years ago. There were seven different utterances that the Lord gave throughout that time, and this is one of them. It's not the last thing he said because after his resurrection, he, he appeared to his disciples, he had conversation, he said numerous things, gave them instructions, but This is one of the last things that he said, living in his natural life on earth. This is how the story goes as Luke gives it to us. Luke chapter 22, verse 39. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. So I'm gonna imagine that man is hung on a cross right here. There's three crosses. And one of these criminals hurls insults at Jesus in the middle. And Luke Luke only tells us one of the things he said again. We're imagining that he said many things, probably insulting and mocking Jesus. Here's the one thing that Luke tells us we know that he said. He says to Jesus, aren't you the Messiah? Again, this is out of mockery. Like, aren't you the Messiah? Because if you are, save yourself and us. This, This unrepentant criminal on one side of Jesus hurling insults at the Son of God says, aren't you the Messiah? If you, if you are who you say you are, then save yourself and us. Now, I won't spend a lot of time on that word. However, I would, let you, I would bring to your attention, that statement is probably one of the most ironic statements ever spoken. Now, if Jesus were to respond to that, he didn't. At least Luke doesn't tell us what he said. But I imagine that if Jesus were to respond to that criminal statement, If you're the Messiah, why won't you save yourself and us? Jesus rightfully could have said, young man, that's exactly what I'm doing. As Jesus hangs on that middle cross, silent to the accusations, he's probably thinking to himself, it's precisely what I'm doing. I'm saving you right now, not from your physical death, but from your sinful life. There's another story. So there's an unrepentant criminal. There's another one. This is what the other criminal says. So he responds again, Jesus hanging in the middle, responds to the other man on the cross. We don't know if they knew each other or not, but he responds to this accusation, this insult to the Son of God. And he says this, don't you fear God since you are under the same sentence? So there's already this idea that this man on the other cross has a fear of God. Because he responds to the insulter, says, don't you fear God? 
since you and I have the same sentence, he goes on to say this, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. This criminal hanging on a cross says, I'm here because I deserve to be here. I've committed a crime, I knew what the consequence was, and here I hang because of the consequence of my deed. And he's responding to the other man, he says, don't you fear God? You and I are hanging here because we are getting what we deserve. But then he says this, but this man, speaking of Jesus, has done nothing wrong. And then we get this amazing, amazing exchange that happens between criminal B, who's repentant before God, and the Son of God himself. Criminal A, Jesus, if you're really the Messiah, save yourself and us. Criminal B, on the other side, don't you fear God? You and I are getting what we deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. <clears throat> and while hanging on his own cross, this criminal then looks at, we don't know that he looks at Jesus. I imagine that he kind of mustered the strength to look over to the side. And he maybe exchanges a look with the Son of God. And he says these words to Jesus. These are, again, when you hear the, the baptism stories and the profession or confession of faith, I think this story in Luke's gospel gives us one of the simplest and clearest expressions of a confession of faith that the Bible records to date. And he hanging on a cross, looking over at Jesus, he says these words, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Again, we don't know if he was able to make eye contact, they're hanging on these crosses, they're exhausted, they're, they're having to lift up just to breathe. He may not have even been able to muster the strength to turn his head to the side. But, it, but with the, the breath that he has left in his lungs, he says to Jesus on the middle cross, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And here's a word for, I don't know who this is for, but the, 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 just gonna pause my, my recollection of the story just for a second, because some of you in this room have wondered if God has forgotten you. And your, your expression today is, God, remember me? God, where have you been? God, you've, I've been crying out to you. God, where are you in my life right now? And your expression is, God, remember me? Like, remember me, God, I'm, I need you. And God is saying to you, I haven't moved an inch. I haven't moved an inch. But we return to the story. This man says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And now we get the words of Jesus. Now I move to the middle cross. And Jesus, again, we don't know if he had the strength to look sideways or not, but Jesus speaks one of the seven utterances he gives from the cross. And he says, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Today you will be with me in paradise. And friend, I, I want you to understand this. The, 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 the core of my being is broken for you today. Because Jesus said that only to one of the criminals on a cross that day. He did not say it to both of them. He only said that to one of them. Why? Because that criminal repented of his sin and confessed his faith in Christ. The other criminal hurling insults at Jesus, unrepentant, un not acknowledging that he himself is broken, a sinner in need of a savior. And only one of those criminals 
was gonna see Jesus in paradise that day. And it's the one who said these words, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Something incredible happened in that moment, church. Something supernatural happened in that millisecond when whatever, however long it took for that criminal to say, remember me when you come into your kingdom. When he uttered those words, remember me, something supernatural shifted that day. Before he said, remember me, I believe that criminal was bound for hell. But when he said to Jesus on the middle cross, remember me, remember me, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom. I believe that criminal, once bound for hell, now bound for eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ in paradise. Why? Because he said to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, today I tell you, you will be with me in paradise. You know, we, we, in the church world, we think of, we, we might use the phrase an 11th hour conversion. We had a, we, church, we had a young man walk across the stage a moment ago who was 83 years old. 83 years old. Listen to me, friend. It is never, ever too late to give your life to Jesus. 83 years old, walking across this stage, saying, I belong to God. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. 83 years old. A man hanging on a cross 2,000 years ago, probably hours away from his death, says to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. How do I know baptism doesn't save you? Because that man on the cross was never baptized. So Scott, what is it that saves me? How do I get my name written in heaven? You sang this song, you talk about all these, these biblical things. How do I get my name written in heaven? Two simple steps. And I say two because criminal aid didn't do step number one or two. Step number one, you simply acknowledge that you are a sinner in this life. That you are a broken human being in need of repair. We heard 17 stories of supernatural repair in people's lives. Of God Almighty coming down out of heaven, reaching down and restoring and repairing and reconciling people to himself. But the very first step, church, is that you acknowledge that you are a broken human being in need of repair. And not just broken, but you are utterly sinful like I am. And that was, that's what was lacking in criminal A. Criminal A never acknowledged that he's a sinner. Only All he had was mockery and insult for the Son of Man. Can I tell you something, church? There will never be a person who enters heaven who doesn't first acknowledge and repent that they're a sinner in need of a Savior. No one will have their name written in the Lamb's book of life until they come to the end of themselves and say before the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, God, I acknowledge that I am getting what my deeds deserve. I am a broken, sinful person in need of a Savior. That's step one. And that's what the criminal did. Again, I see this, this beautiful picture of the gospel of Jesus Christ on the crosses on Golgotha. Criminal says, don't you fear God? You and I are getting what we deserve. He, he's repenting in that moment. He's saying, 
I am a sinner. I'm getting what I deserve. The Bible says the wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. He says, I get what I deserve. I'm a sinner. Step number one, repent that you are a sinner. Step number two, what's the second thing? How do I get my name written in heaven? Again, I'm gonna borrow the words of criminal B on the cross. All he said to Jesus, he didn't have this eloquent prayer. He didn't know how to pray. All he said to the Son of Man on the cross, he said two words, remember me. Jesus, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? Remember me, he said. And Jesus, with the love of God bursting from his heart, he, he breathes the word today, I tell you. You will join me in paradise. Can I tell you today that offer still stands? That offer is still available to every single person, whoever has and whoever will live on this earth. Everybody under the sound of my voice, even if you're joining us online today, Jesus' offer to join him in paradise stands still today. What must I do? We have one of the greatest conversations that happens in the Gospel of John. A man says, Jesus, what must we do to do the works that God requires? And Jesus said, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. John chapter six. What must I do? Repent and confess and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will save you from your sins. He will forgive you. The blood of Christ, you know, like I said earlier, not one drop of water will ever wash away your sins, but one drop of the blood of Jesus and your sins are forgiven and removed as far as the east is from the west. In fact, I just had this image in my mind of Jesus hanging on the cross. You know, if you were to, if you were try, to try to illustrate the east from the west, you'd point in two different directions. Amazing that the arms of Jesus were laid out like this. Your sins are removed from you as far as the east is from the west. What must I do? Repent that you are a sinner and say to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I wanna give you the chance right now. I, want, I wanna give you a chance to respond to this offer that Jesus gives and have your name written in heaven. Like everybody in this room, just to bow your heads for one second, close your eyes. Just honor the privacy of this moment, if you would. I'm gonna ask you a question and then I'm gonna count to the number three and if you wanna respond, just slip your hand up when I get to the number three. The question is this, are you ready to have your name written in heaven? Are you ready to repent of your sin, to acknowledge like I have it many years ago in my life that I'm a sinner in need of a savior? And are you ready to say to Jesus, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? When I get to the number three, I want you to just slip your hand up and say, Scott, will you remember me as you pray? I'm gonna pray for you then. I want you to say, Pastor, remember me when you pray, but I want you to say more than that, God, remember me when you come into your kingdom. One, two, three. Anybody in this room says, remember me, hands all over the place. Remember me. God, remember me when you come into your kingdom. God, today I wanna give my life to Jesus. Today I repent of my sin. Today I acknowledge that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And today I place my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I want him to save my soul. Just keep your hand up one second. All over this room, our guest services team, our ushers are going to put a bag in your hand. Not to be weird, but they want to give you some information. But I want to pray for you right now. Leave your hand up as I pray. Go ahead. I'm going to pray for you. And you're, you're indicating to God, you're saying, God, remember me when I come in, when you come into your kingdom. Good Jesus, remember me. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every single hand raised in this room today. God, I thank you for the hands online, for those who may be raising their hand at home right now. And God, I thank you that you see every single hand in this room. God, you see every person. You call them by name. According to Isaiah 43, you have called me by name. God, you know their name. You know their story. You know every hair on their head. And God, you know that like they have now acknowledged that they are a sinner in need of a Savior. So Father, today we remember them in our prayer. Father, as they've raised their hand to say, remember me, I remember them right now, Father. I pray that you rescue them, that you redeem them, that you restore them. I pray, God, that they would sense that their sins have been forgiven. I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, for every person under the sound of my voice who has raised their hand, I pray, God, that they would sense a supernatural shift in their life today. That, God, they would sense that they are now born again. They've been made new according to John 3, 3. They've been born again. And that they will never be the same again. The old has gone and the new has come. I, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that when they walk out of this room that they would know that they know that they know that they know that something has permanently changed in their life because they have acknowledged their need for a Savior and they've said to you, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. So, Father, I pray a blessing on each person today that raised their hand. In Jesus' name, I pray. And all God's people said amen and amen. Can we celebrate that today, church? So, for those of you who raised your hand, I probably saw 40 or 50 hands in this room. And um, we want to walk with you today. You know, and might say, well, that's just so emotional. It should be emotional. You just committed your life to the God of the universe. That ought to do something in here, right? Like something happens. Something happens when you come face to face with God and you have an encounter with his son, Jesus. And if you didn't get one of these bags, again, why, this isn't to be weird or to stalk people. We're not, we don't want to stalk you. We want to help you. In that bag that you received is a card. We want to ask you if you take a minute, fill that out. Not so that we can track you, but so that we can walk with you in this journey. If you fill that card out, you can, on your way out today, drop it off at the hub. We're not going to ask you to walk forward or come to the stage. Just give this card to one of our volunteers at the hub today. We want to be in touch with you. We want to invite you into different ways that you can follow Jesus, how you can grow in your faith, and kind of walk with you on this journey. So fill this out and drop it off at the hub. If you, if you raised your hand a minute ago and we didn't get you a bag, if we missed you or something, you also can stop by the hub. They've got bags out there. See one of our ushers on the way out. Anybody who's holding a bag like this, just tell them, listen, can I get one of those bags? I gave my life to Jesus. And then fill that card out, drop it off. There's another thing in there I'm gonna draw your attention to. There's a book in here. And we put this together. It's called Getting Started. And this is a gift to you because 
what the, the obvious question that you might be asking is, well, what now? Like I came to this service at church. They were, they were a little bit loud. They raised their hands when they sing. It's a little bit, a little bit much for me, but I felt God today. You heard one of the stories this morning, one of the testimonies. She said, as soon as they, the music started, I felt God. I started to cry. And maybe you're having that kind of experience today. What is that? That's the presence of God coming near you. The Holy Spirit is touching your life right now. And you've got questions. What do I do now? That's what this book is for. It's called Getting Started. We, we, we lay out for you. What does it mean now that I decided to follow Jesus? What should I do in light of this decision? This is that, it's a gift to you. We want to help you in that journey. So make sure, again, if you didn't get one of these bags, ask one of our volunteers on the way out. Stop by the hub. We'd love to have a record of your decision. If you're online, you can click the link that they put in the chat and let us know that you made that decision. We'd love the chance to follow up with you and to help you on your journey as well. I want you to stand with me today. I'm gonna dismiss us in a word of prayer. Church, will you celebrate with me one more time the 17 people that got baptized today? Come on. Unbelievable. I hope you just look around here. God is on the move at GT. He is moving. There's a fresh wind of the Spirit blowing at this church, and I don't want to miss it. I hope that you feel the same way. I'm going to pray for us in just a second, but let me invite you this way, because some of you, some of you are saying, God, remember me? You've been crying out to God. You've got needs. You've got stuff in your life, and you want someone to stand with you in prayer, and while many will, will exit the room and maybe drop your bag off at the hub or just enjoy the day, some of you might have a prayer need. We've got altar team members. We have prayer team members that would love nothing more than to stand with you in faith and to storm the throne room of heaven on your behalf. If you've got a need, you've got an emotional need, physical need, spiritual need, there's something happening in your life right now. Will you walk this way after I, I pray and say, you know what, I need prayer. We've got, I, I'll pray with you. We've got team members who would pray with you. We're gonna stand with you in faith and, and storm heaven and believe God that he is gonna touch your life today and bring healing and restoration wherever you need it. So after I pray, again, we're gonna dismiss. You can walk forward. We'd love to pray with you. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give thanks today. God, we rejoice at what you have done in the lives of these people. 17 this service, 11 earlier five at GT North, God, we celebrate what you are doing. And we say today, look what the Lord has done in our church. Thank you, God, that new names are written down in glory. Even today, on this day, God, many hands went up to say, remember me when you come into your kingdom. God, new names have been written down in glory. And we celebrate today. And we thank you, God, for what you are doing in this church. Now, God, I pray you bless your people today, I pray that you shower them with your favor and your abundance and that, God, you would do abundantly and exceedingly above all that we can ask or imagine according to the power that is at work in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Bless your church today, I pray in Jesus' name. And God's people shouted, amen and amen. God bless you, church. I love you. Thank you for being here. If you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you. Have an amazing day. Next baptism. July 23rd, mark your calendar.